Thank you for tuning in to Emmanuel Faith Community Church. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. Buenos dias, Emmanuel Faith. It's so good to be here this morning. For those that don't know me, my name is Esteban Tapia. I'm one of the pastors here at church, and I'm so grateful that today I'll have the privilege to share with you from God's Word. So would you mind please opening your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 9? Uh, but before we begin, let me welcome those that are watching online. We're so grateful that you are uh, joining us this morning. Uh, last weekend, we started it, our Advent series. And as Pastor Ryan said, during Advent, we remember that we live between two affirmations. Christ has come and Christ will come again. As we all know, when Jesus came for the first time... To the world, he came as a humble baby in a manger. But in the second coming, he'll come as the king of kings. And he'll make all things new. For that reason, our hearts are waiting with anticipation. Now, please make no mistake. We don't wait for the second coming of the Lord as those that are looking to escape for, uh, from the current conditions of the world. Absolutely not. We wait as those who boldly engage as ambassadors of Christ to the world. Since the rule of Christ is present and active in our hearts right now, we engage in the world imploring those around us on behalf of Jesus Christ to be reconciled with God. In Jesus Christ, God is reconciling the world to himself. He is rescuing us from the dominion of darkness and bringing us into the kingdom of light. And all of this is possible because Jesus is mighty God. Jesus is Dios fuerte in Spanish. Say with me, Dios fuerte. Oh, wow, we're bilingual, bilingual now. You know, when, when Jesus came into the world on the first Christmas, he came to dispel the darkness of our souls. He came as a light so that those who will believe in him won't remain in darkness. And today, we'll spend our time talking about that. I have been really looking forward uh, to this day. It's been a few months since the last time that I was preaching from this platform, and I'm so excited to share with you what's new in my life. You know, after almost 25 years of marriage, last month, God gave my wife and I a son. A month ago, our oldest daughter, Adalie, got married to this young man named Chase. So our family is growing. Our family is going through this beautiful transition. And I have to say that Chase has truly been an answer to one of my biggest prayers. One of our biggest prayers in life. Chase is a young man who loves God and who loves my daughter. And it was very nice that as part of his vows to, to, in his wedding day, he told my daughter that he's going to learn Spanish. And on top of that, 
as we were making plans for Thanksgiving, he surprised me by suggesting for, suggesting for us to eat carne asada instead of turkey. So what else can I ask for, right? Now, in all seriousness, absolutely, he's a really good one. Now, in all seriousness, I'm showing you this picture with so much joy. And I would like to explain why. You see, when I was young, I never imagined living the kind of life that I'm living right now. As I reflect on the past, I remember growing up being afraid, being angry, and very insecure. I was very suspicious of people. I was hopeless. I just was walking in darkness like most kids around me. But one good day, one good day, I saw a great light. I saw the radiant light of Jesus Christ shining over my life. That day I heard of something new, of something different and extremely intriguing. I heard that Jesus loved me and that he had the power to give me a new life. That he had the power to turn my darkness into light. And as you can imagine, a new life sounded really, like, really good to me. So without much hesitation, that day I surrendered my life to Christ and made the decision to follow him. That decision has forever changed the direction of my life. That day, the transformational power of Jesus made a big impact in my life and my destiny. I mean, check out the picture. That's my baby right there. And she's very confident. She's hopeful. She's happy. Now, I know that I'm not the only one in the room who has experienced the transformational power of Jesus. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. Jesus has been good. Jesus has been doing amazing things in our lives. And we cannot remain quiet about it. Amen. I know that Jesus is bringing light into every single one of our lives. Just as Isaiah prophesied 700 years before Christ, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. So please, I want to ask you to, to do something for me so that you could help me to show uh, in the room something amazing and important that we need to uh, recognize this morning. Please raise your hand if you have seen the great light of Jesus in your life. Now, keep it there for a minute and look around. Look around. Thank you so much. You see, it's working. It's happening. The light of Jesus is shining in our lives, upon our lives, over our lives. The light of Jesus has come with power over us. And as John the Baptist, now we have, to be, we have become witnesses to the light. 
And believe me, there's no more credible witness to the light than our transformed lives. Now, this prophecy that we are reading about here was given in a very particular context. And it was about a very specific group of people. This prophecy was about the tribes of Zabulon and Naphtali, two of the ten tribes from the northern kingdom of Israel. And after reading this verse, it's not hard to imply that something really dark was going on, that they were going through a very dark situation. The reality was very obscure. They were going through a time of hopelessness and desperation. They were in complete darkness in all their areas, in all the areas of their lives, physically, emotionally, spiritually, politically, economically. All the areas of their lives were collapsing. Since they were living and behaving contrary to God's will, they got to experience the consequences of their distancing from God and their disobedience to him. And in time, the Assyrian empire invaded their land and took their people into exile, making the situation even worse. worse. It was super dark. Now with that said, God sent them a message of hope through the prophet Isaiah. God told them that their days of trouble, their days of suffering, their days of pain, one day would end. Those walking in great darkness were about to see a great light. I love this passage. I love it because in his grace, God has allowed this promise to apply to us as well. But before expanding on that truth, let me ask. What is darkness? What is darkness? You see, interestingly enough, darkness is not a thing. Darkness is the absence of light. Darkness is the lack of illumination. Darkness is separation from the light. Separation from God. But there are good news. Light was about to come. And the light will come in a form of a child. For to us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. That's the first part of Isaiah 9, 6. And the child prophesied here. Is Jesus Christ, in case that you are wondering, is God in the flesh, is Emmanuel, God with us, the light of the world. Isaiah said to those in darkness, the light of life will come. And you know what? It came. 700 years after his prophecy Jesus said in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. 
What a beautiful passage from scripture. Can we just contemplate it for a few seconds? He's the light of the world. We will never walk in darkness again. Never. Say with me, never. Never. But we'll have the light of life. You see, darkness is not only the absence of a thing. Darkness is the absence of a person. Darkness is the absence of Jesus Christ. Apart from Jesus, there's nothing but darkness. Light is what the tribes of Sabalon and Naphtali were lacking. Light is what the entire nation of Israel was missing. And yes, light is what every individual throughout the history of humankind has needed. The world needs the light of Jesus. Since the fall in Genesis, most human beings have lived far from the light. They have lived in darkness and without light, without Jesus Without the Lord, without the light. You know, the world can be a very dark place. And life can get very obscure. No one will deny that the world feels very dark when we go through difficult situations and overwhelming challenges in life. Situations impossible for us to face on our own strength. The world feels quite dark when we feel alone and exhausted from the, from the unending demands of life. But there's hope. There's light. Let there be light. In Genesis 1-3, from the very beginning, with his word, let there be light. Today, we kept hearing the same voice speaking into our lives. Let there be light. The light of Jesus wants to shine upon us. In the presence of Jesus, darkness runs. Isaiah 9, 6 says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So God so loved the world that he gave us in Jesus a king with four names. A king that rules and shines his light with wisdom, with power, with compassion, and with justice. And these four divine names are a clear expression of our Lord's character and his intentions towards us. Last week we learned that Jesus is a wonderful counselor that was beautiful. 
We learned that he came for people with problems. Today, we are learning that Jesus is mighty God because he came for people who are weak, who are vulnerable, who are helpless. Now, this doesn't mean that Jesus doesn't care about the influential, the strong, and the resourceful, because he does. However, being in a position of power sometimes doesn't allow us to surrender our lives to God. You know, and I think that that in a way is a big problem that we face in our society today. Praise God, we are so blessed. We have so much. We are so rich. We live in the most powerful country in the world. We have great technology. We have medicine. We have decent education. (laughs) It's great. It's awesome. And how easy all of that will get our attention And steal it from God. Because we learn to rely on those strengths, on those resources, on that money. But when you don't have nothing, you are poor, you feel neglected and abandoned, you're an immigrant, when you're homeless. You're sick and pain when you're in the hospital and everything is collapsing in your family and your marriage. Oh my goodness. Help. Help. Let there be light. So if today you feel defeated, If today you feel abandoned, if you feel abused and hopeless, you have come to the right place. If the darkness of this world has consumed your energy, your relationships, your health, your resources, or your desire to be alive, Jesus wants to shine his light upon you. According to Isaiah, The light of Jesus shines brightly in the middle of our weaknesses because he is mighty God. He is Dios fuerte. Now, please keep in mind that Isaiah is not confusing Jesus with the first person of the Godhead. He's not confusing Jesus with the Father. What the prophet Isaiah is doing here is highlighting the divine nature of the baby to be born. He was highlighting the divine, the divine nature of Jesus. As you know, the scriptures teach that there's only one God and, the, and that he exists in three divine persons. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that these three persons are identical in nature and possess the same attributes. 
So Jesus, God the Son, was to come to this world and be called mighty God because he is mighty. Jesus became man without ceasing to be God in order to offer himself as a sacrifice for the redemption of humanity. My brothers and sisters, Jesus is the mighty God that came to us. Jesus came to you, Jesus came for you, and Jesus came for me as well. And Isaiah prophesied that he will be called mighty God. Now it's very interesting to notice that no one in the New Testament ever called Jesus mighty God. But what we do see in the New Testament writings is the confirmation that Jesus is in fact God and that he is powerful. John, one of the 12 apostles of Jesus, wrote on his, in his introduction of his gospel, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. So what John is saying here is very clear. He is saying that Jesus is God and that Jesus created everything that exists. So pretty much the apostle John is saying that Jesus has been mighty God from eternity past. Jesus has been mighty God before creation. As the second person of the Trinity, Jesus, God the Son, has eternally existed in a beautiful fellowship with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. According to John, Jesus is God. Jesus was with God. And that he created everything that exists. So pretty much the Apostle John is saying... Jesus is mighty and has been mighty even before creation. He created all things. My dear friends, Jesus is mighty God. And he has been mighty God throughout the history of humankind. From Genesis to Revelation, Revelation, Jesus has been mighty God. So Jesus is not only the creation, the creator of everything that exists and the sustainer of all life, but the, by the power of his word. But Jesus is the light of all mankind. John says in verse 4, in him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. Jesus is a mighty God. Whatever, whatever his light has been revealed, darkness has been dispersed. Throughout the scriptures, we see God the Son dispersing the darkness of sin, the darkness of fear, and the darkness of that because, dispersed because Jesus is mighty God. In the Old Testament, Christ was present in the form of types and shadows. And God spoke about him through his prophets. But today, God is speaking through his mighty son. And when Jesus came into the world, 
he didn't cease to be God. Jesus was mighty God even during his early life and ministry. Now, we don't know much about Jesus when he was an infant. But what we do know is that he walked blamelessly in the light of God the Father. By the age of 12, he was fully engaged in the father's agenda. As a young man, Jesus was teachable. He was smart. He was obedient and he was likable. Everyone liked Jesus and God the father was very pleased with him. And as he grew up and began his ministry, Jesus went to the land of Galilee to the land of Sabulon and Naphtali in fulfillment with Isaiah's prophecy, calling people to repent. This was the message of Jesus Christ when he began his ministry. First things first, repent, change your lives for the kingdom of heaven is near. And with that calling to repentance, came an invitation to follow him. Jesus made clear from the very beginning of his ministry that he was both king and teacher. Jesus is the king to whom we must surrender and he is the teacher from whom we need to learn how to live. So if you're wondering... How to be a good father. How to be a good wife. How to be a good student. How to be a good worker. How to be a good boss. How to go through life. As a good follower of Jesus. Jesus is inviting us to learn from him. As teacher, Jesus claimed to be the son of God. And every single one of his mighty miracles validated his claim. Throughout his ministry, Jesus made many mighty miracles. He changed water into wine. He healed the sick. He fed multitudes with so little food, so little amount, so small, with a very small amount of food. He walked on water. And he raised people from the dead. And Jesus was always shining a light of love, a light of hope and compassion. And even though only a few followed him, he was mighty God in the flesh. So let me ask you, In which circumstances of your life you need Jesus to show his might? What is the pain? What is the struggle? Where's the confusion? Where's the brokenness? Where it hurts? Jesus wants to show you his might. 
The apostle John said about him in John 1, 14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. So in this verse, John is counting himself as a witness of seeing and experiencing the glory of Jesus. John walked with the Lord for about three years and he saw his glory. He was so convinced that Jesus is divine. And as Jesus invited John to follow him, he is inviting us to do the same Jesus is saying this morning, follow me. Walk with me. Learn from me. Come and experience my grace. Come and experience my truth. Jesus is full of grace and truth. His grace invites us to come to him just as we are. We don't have to pretend. We don't need to pretend. We don't need to be perfect in order to come to him. He's inviting us just as we are. But in order to experience the grace of Christ, we'll need to face his truth as well. And the truth of Jesus is like a light that exposes all the darkness in our lives. His truth exposes the reality of our souls. It exposes our weaknesses, our temptations, all the sinfulness in our lives. It exposes the dark places in our hearts that we haven't entirely surrendered to him. Jesus, I give you my life. We said, but then there are segments, there are areas that we haven't let go. And his light is shining upon those areas in our lives. In his grace, Jesus is gentle. I love, I love my Lord. He is inviting us to come to him. He's telling us that we don't need to remain in the dark. And that as we go through life exposed to the radiant light of Jesus Christ, our lives will be transformed. Yes. Jesus has the might to transform our lives. Jesus has the might to transform our darkness into light. Before following Jesus, we were in darkness. But now we have the light of our Lord. And now it's possible for us to live as children of light. Isn't that something else? Live as children of light. 
means to be reflecting his light and his grace. Jesus meets us where, where we are. But he doesn't expect us to remain there forever. To remain in the dark. In fact, this expectation is for us to become light. In the Sermon of the Mount, Jesus calls us, as his followers, the light of the world. And he calls us to shine the light of Jesus to others through our good deeds. Now, obviously, Jesus is not expecting the impossible from us. He's not expecting us to be perfect or to pretend to be perfect. Oh, no. Jesus, the light of the world, is an awesome teacher. He says in Matthew eleven twenty nine, learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. Learn from me. You don't know. It's okay. You don't know how to be a father-in-law. Come. Get closer. Closer. Come on, Esteban. Closer. Learn from me. I'm going to walk the walk with you. I'm going to show you how it's done. I'm going to share the knowledge. I'm going to empower you. It's possible. Learn from me. For I am gentle. I know. I experienced humanity. I was there. Never sinned though, but I was there. You know, my closer disciples, the 12, <laughs> they were a mess. I know. But I am gentle. I am humble. I'm with you. Because I love you. Come to me. And no one else is inviting you to go and experience love and joy and peace. No one else. Come, come to me. So as we follow Jesus closely, as we invest ourselves in learning from him, as we spend time in his presence, our lives begin to align <laughs> With his heart. You see Christianity is not our thing. It's Jesus' thing. It's not about us. Being fans of him. It's about us. Learning from him. Becoming like him. Eventually. Walking like him, behaving like him, 
loving like him, caring like him. The truth of Jesus is not only a set of amazing concepts to learn about. The truth of Jesus is knowledge that we get to apply in real life. Yes, your life, my life, real life. There is where we can go and put this in action. And if we want to experience the power of Christ, we must fully embrace his mind and heart. Not only his mind, but his heart as well. Jesus is gentle and humble in heart. And his motive is always, listen to me carefully, always, siempre, todo el tiempo, always, his motive is love. It wasn't weakness that led him to the cross. It was the power, the mighty power of love. Jesus came to this world as an ordinary, humble child in a manger. He came to this world as an expression of the profound love of the Father for humanity. He came so that those who believe in him will receive the free gift of eternal life. Hebrews 1.3 says, The sun is a radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So on the cross, Jesus looked powerless. Yet, His sacrifice became one of the greatest displays of power ever exposed. Jesus, the mighty one, rose up from the dead on the third day. The darkness of death could not contain him. For Jesus is mighty God to save. Jesus came to rescue us from the dominion of darkness But unfortunately, most people don't respond positively to the radiant display of God's grace and truth in the person of Jesus Christ. John 3.19 says, this is the verdict. The verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love the darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. So even though the truth of Jesus calls us to repentance and his grace invites us to follow him closely more, most people are not interested in responding positively to his invitation. And maybe you are wondering, why? Who can say no to Jesus? Well, because it's easier to love darkness. It's easier. We get used to it. <laughs> And sometimes we identify with it. You know, this is who we are. This is who I am. We identify ourselves with the darkness. The question is, who are we going to love? Are we going to remain in love with the darkness? Or are we going to embrace and love the light of Jesus Christ? 
Jesus came to restore our relationship with God. Jesus came to give us abundant life. Jesus came to bring joy to our cold hearts. He came to bring his light into our souls. And all of this was possible because he is mighty God. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. You see, the fact that Jesus is seated in a place of prominence at the right hand of the Father is a declaration of his power to save It's a declaration of his power to give you and I eternal life. So this is leading me to my next and last point. Jesus will be mighty God throughout eternity. And this is what Advent is about. Advent is a season that reminds us and invites us to be expectant of our Lord's second coming. Advent is a season that reminds us that in his second coming, Jesus will come as mighty king in great glory and power. And that we will experience his company throughout eternity. Those are awesome news. Amen to that. (laughs) But the beauty of it is that we don't have to wait. Why waiting? We don't have to wait. We can experience the company of Jesus right now. The light of Jesus wants to shine upon our darkness right now. For Jesus, the Son of God, was, is, and forever will be mighty God. The mighty God that came to us. Now the question is, is Jesus mighty God in your life? Are you aware of his presence and power over your life? John says in Revelation chapter 1 verse 5 and 6. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. And has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and father. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. These are the words of a follower of Jesus. At the very beginning, starting his book, the book of Revelation, he is saying, all the glory, all the power to Jesus. If Jesus is mighty God in your life, please don't hesitate to come to him in your time of need and weakness. Jesus wants to embrace you with his grace and his truth. My invitation, his invitation is for us to come and experience his light. For his might still brings light today. May you please stand with me.
Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? We're about to pray. Father, thank you so much for this time. Thank you so much for your people. Thank you so much for making this a reality in our lives. The light has come. And we are so grateful for Jesus Christ. We are so grateful that we get to celebrate so many beautiful things that he has done. On our behalf. Please Jesus. Keep shining your light upon us. Please. Keep being gentle and humble in heart. And allow us to see that. To embrace your teachings. To be willing to be transformed. To be willing to be changed. Jesus, please shine your light upon our weaknesses. Upon upon our pains and struggles and challenges and sickness. We are in need, mighty God, please visit us this beautiful day. Allow us to experience the freedom that comes by trusting in you. We give our all to you. All the glory, all the power, all the honor, all the majesty, all of it to King Jesus. In your name we pray. Thank you for listening to our service. We'd love to have you join us in person. For more information about our church and service times, please visit efcc.org. If you would like to support the ministries of Emmanuel Faith, you can do so at efcc.org give.